0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie.
1: Welcome. I say hello there. How the bloody hell are you? Thanks for joining us, everyone. Got lots to go over. Key vivra vera. for coming on in. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Welcome again to another episode of The Daily Boogie. What an absolute pleasure to see you there. Thanks so much for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, it would be cool, but I'm not going to force you. You don't have to share it. I mean, sharing this show is kind of like having sex with a really ugly girl. And, you you know, normally you would be straight down at the bar telling your friends about the score. But not this time. You don't want to share that information. You want to keep that to yourself. And that's cool. That's the way we like it. We can have more fun that way. So... Thanks for joining us. Don't tell your friends. Whatever you do, do not share the show. You'll be embarrassed. Oh, look at look at them. <laughs> you'll get you'll get Periscope herpes this way. You'll get live stream herpes if you share it around like that. Thanks so much for joining us. An absolute pleasure. Hope you've had a lovely day. I certainly have. Just before we get too far, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash bookie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to catch live stream herpes, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie And yes, just to get ahead of the curve, just to cut people off, I do mention my Patreon link. It takes me about three seconds. I do it once at the start of the show and once at the end. That's collectively about six seconds per hour, except for Thursday nights where we routinely go three to four to five hours for the free for all. So it's about one second per hour there. So all in all, for all week's broadcasts, I do shill, I relentlessly shill my Patreon link for about 20 seconds for about 10 hours worth of stuff. So apologies, apologies. I have no shame. I am shameless. How dare I batter you with such shameless grifting? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us nonetheless. And thanks to those who do support the show on Patreon. Your help is always appreciated. Um, We've got lots to get through. Of course, today's scope title, qui vivra vera, is a French saying. And it means, you know, I'm probably going to butcher the translation, so apologies to any French speakers in the audience. It means, essentially, uh, whoever lives shall see. You know, if you stick around long enough, You'll get to find out what happened. You'll get to see where we all end up, basically. I've got to admit, I'm in a lot of ways, I'm not a traditionalist. And many traditions I kind of scorn. Not scorn, that's probably not the right word. I do sniff at a lot of traditions which I think are silly. You know, little say little things that people have to do in you know in government and parliament or congress for my american brothers and sisters little procedures that have to happen crazy little traditions that nobody really knows why we do it but we do it nonetheless and i'm always like why are we why are we doing this why is this so important so that natural urge in me to kind of sniff and question tradition sometimes gets questioned itself and with the events of yesterday, well, that was one of those days. It's just a building, they say, you know. And it's not even a religious thing for me. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. It's. I was. I wasn't happy when uh, people were blowing up ancient monuments in the Middle East for a religion that I have no belief in. I still didn't like that either. And one of our Democrat followers, a regular in the chat box, you know, I'm Lucifer Sam. He put out a fantastic tweet. And it stuck with me uh, yesterday. He said, you know, what we're looking at here is over 800 years of Western civilization and history going up in flames, potentially because of someone else's carelessness. And it's a metaphor for where we are today. In the Western world. I thought that was wonderful. You know, we look upon the ruins of Notre Dame. No, I'm afraid my American brothers and sisters, it's not Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. (laughs) Pardon my French. Ah, see, we used it in context for once. The smouldering ashes. Representative, perhaps, of our... A once proud, strong collection of peoples that we know of as Europe—you know—their industriousness, their 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 adventurer uh, their adventurer streak led them to all corners of the globe. Led them to make technological advancements the world has never seen. Construct monuments that last centuries. And as though striking a match, almost a thousand years of history goes up in smoke. And many question why. I haven't been on, you know, in times like this, we've spoken about it before the 48 hour rule after a major event. Your, your, your brain is being battled over, competed for by different agendas, different influences, different perceptions. So it's almost honest to take a stand back and pay attention and see what might come, what phoenix may rise from the ashes, so to speak. And I've got some troubling stories on that front as we move ahead. But so much history, just gone up in smoke. Yes, and you know the French, a are, are, are proud people, and and the the contribution to Western civilization by the French cannot be undermined. I am a lover of French culture. I have no I have no French in my bloodstream. I have no French in my family. But the French is the French people. The nation of France, their contribution to philosophy, you know, liberalism. Arguably some of the most profound perspectives that have shaped the modern world. And Notre Dame, as it stood proudly over the city of Paris for, as I said, almost a thousand years as a you know a living breathing testament to the monolithic sturdiness and as I said industriousness of the European people disappeared, disappeared in one night. So that did get me that did get me in the in the sweet spot. I'm not gonna lie. but like I said, we'll see what comes. We will get to uh, a bit more on that front, but before we go too far, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for sharing, thanks for following. Thanks for sticking around. I do I do want to do a little bit of follow up. I've got more on the Julian Assange front, you'll be pleased to know. The plot thickens, ladies and gentlemen. Pinched. Or as they would say in London, pinched. He was pinched, he was. Straight off a street. Straight off a street at Convict. Yeah, we got him, boss. We got him, you know what I mean? Julian Assange was kicked out of the Ecuador embassy for sharing a photo of president eating a lobster in bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure he was. <laughs> Do you want to see the picture? This is apparently this is apparently what sparked an international furor and outrage and had people on all four corners of the globe questioning freedom of the press and internet freedom and First Amendment rights, and all everything that goes along with it. It was apparently this photo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what got him done. That's what got him nicked. He shared a photo of the Ecuadorian president eating a lobster in bed. (laughs) See, this is why I love the tabloids. This is why I'm a constant peruser of the British tabloids. The short time that I spent in Britain, I missed... I, I ever since that, the very short time. I Can you hear me now? I think you've got the audio back. Sorry about that. Voice gone. I oh, know we've got all, we've all got all the. pardon me. We've got all kinds of shit happening here in the studio. Uh, where was I? How far did you hear up to? <laughs> <laughs> how far did you hear up to? Let me, someone in the chat, let me know how far you heard up to. And then we'll, we'll pick it up from there. Yes, yes, yes. There you are. I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Just looking at the president enjoying his lobster. There I am. So where were we? It was all normal for me, Beth Duffy. (laughs) Well done, Beth. For those who aren't aware, Beth has a hearing impairment, so... Uh, if I'm deadly silent, it wouldn't make any difference to her. She's She actually wins. She wins 100 internets. <laughs> right after the lobster. Okay. Uh, a statement on its website. Uh, Mr. Moreno claimed Assange leaked the photo, along with more than 200 private emails and text messages belonging to the president and his wife, to a website called inap- inapapers.org. However, WikiLeaks have denied this, and accuse the Ecuadorian government of fabricating a story to see Assange out. Which I think is, is perfect because perhaps maybe. Perhaps maybe. I'm just-I just want to put this out there. Is it possible that the Ecuadorian government fabricated a story to get Assange out of their embassy? A story for public consumption, anyway. Let's put it that way. Now, if you are the Ecuadorian government and you want to fabricate a story to get Assange out, could you not do better than accusing him of leaking a photo of the president eating a lobster (laughs) in bed? Well, he's actually... He's not really eating the lobster, is he? The lobster looks eaten. He's basking next to the empty shell, to be fair. Now, for that reason, I think that this story is almost crazy enough to be true. (laughs) Because... The Ecuadorian government, you could fabricate all kinds of stories about Julian Assange. Why would you fabricate a story that you kicked him out because he leaked a photo of the president eating a lobster in bed? (laughs) So I'm almost prone to believe it just because of how fucking ridiculous it is. (laughs) There you go. The real story behind Julian Assange. He was said to have smeared his own poo all over the building's walls in a protest and annoyed staff by skateboarding late at night. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, this guy, this guy. Julian Assange was apparently, by day he was smearing his own shit on the walls of his room and by night he was skateboarding and doing rails, you know, down the stairwells of the Ecuadorian embassy. Cowabunga, man. (laughs) What, what do the kids say here? Sick licks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe for a second that Julian Assange was skateboarding around the embassy at night when everyone else was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Assange's lawyer, Jennifer Robinson, just denied claims he staged a dirty protest. She said it's not true. Ecuador has been making some pretty outrageous allegations over the last few days to justify what was an unlawful and extraordinary act in allowing British police to come inside an embassy. There you go. The skateboarding, skateboarding, shit-smearing, lobster photo-taking Julian Assange. I'm glad that we got to the bottom of that. Close the book. It's done. It's over. Now we know the true story about Julian Assange. Everybody can rest easy. Don't you feel comfortable? Thank you, British tabloids, for exposing the truth. The truth. I wanted to play this clip. I haven't watched it. Pardon me. I haven't watched it. But this guy is a mayor of Hartford, which is a city in Connecticut. And Hartford has has declared itself a sanctuary city. And so when I saw this guy, and just, I mean, just look at him. Just look at him. Look Look at the perfect little part in his hair, the suit, the look on his face. The mayor of Hartford, Connecticut, Connecticut, not Alabama, (laughs) not Texas, not Mississippi, Connecticut. This sanctuary city mayor from Connecticut. He went on MSNBC to criticize Donald Trump. And I thought, I want to watch it with you. I want to watch it with the people that count the most. So let's see what this guy's got to say for himself.
0: I'm David Gura. here is the latest tweet from President Trump on a policy proposal that had been relegated to the dustbin by his advisors who were worried about its legality, about its cost. And about how it would play with the American people. Here's the tweet. The USA has the absolute legal right to have apprehended illegal immigrants transferred to sanctuary cities. Mm-hmm. We hereby demand that they be taken care of at the highest level, especially <laughs> by the state of California, which is well known for its, for its poor management and high taxes. Take note of the we hereby demand in that tweet. Well, this policy would affect blue states and big cities that tend to vote oh, Democratic look at them. disproportionately. Press-
1: look at that. I had no idea that there were so many sanctuary cities. But isn't it funny if you look at the map, if you could transpose that map over the top of the 2016 election map, look at all, where all these sanctuary cities are. West coast, east coast, a little bit New Mexico there. Isn't that the darndest thing? Isn't that the
0: darndest thing? <laughs> Trump making the calculation this would be a way to exact some sort of revenge on his political rivals. Panel is back with me here in New York. And joining us is the mayor of one of those sanctuary cities, Luke Brown. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Uh, Mayor let me (laughs) ask you
1: first this guy's just happy to be on TV. (laughs) He's like, all right, all right, the big times, the big leagues, baby
0: react to what you've read from the president uh this was something reported in the post the white house department of homeland security rejected it as something that they dispatched with pretty quickly uh then it came to life again in a series of tweets from, from the president your reaction to to this act of retribution as he sees it
2: donald Active trump is doing what donald trump does uh, you know, i'm sure he's feeling uh, impotent right now impotent. Uh, democrats control that.
1: donald trump is feeling impotent the the conga line of playboy models and porn stars he leaves in his wake would tend toward i i must disagree with that statement the house the republicans seem be- i think donald trump feels incredibly potent more often than not,
2: you feel in the first indications of a spine, uh, although I'm not holding my breath, you know, when they reject uh, Herman Cain's nomination. <laughs> and so he does what he does best, which is create a spectacle and create chaos uh, to the situation in which he thrives. And that's what he's done from day one of his campaign. But this is not. A- imagine,
1: imagine the chaos that would be created, ladies and gentlemen, by putting illegal immigrants into sanctuary cities that welcome illegal immigrants. Imagine the chaos that would come. Oh, the chaos. We can handle as many immigrants as you've got. Bring them in. All right, we're bringing them to your town. Whoa, you're causing chaos here, motherfucker. What the hell do you think you're doing? This was not part of the arrangement. This was not part of the deal. They're not supposed to make it all the way up to Connecticut, you know. It's really cold up there sometimes. gets really cold in the winter in Connecticut. The hombres don't like the cold up in Connecticut. They're not supposed to get this far.
2: It'll be chaos. A serious proposal. It's not a legal proposal. It's not a responsible proposal. Isn't it? Uh, This is Donald Trump uh, looking to weaponize women and children who are seeking asylum. (laughs) The women, Bob. Weaponize
1: women. Do you remember that old movie? I think Jane Fonda was in it. Uh, What was it called? Uh, there were girl bombs um ah oh, that famous old that famous old actor my memory escapes me and he constructed all of these girl bombs you know pretty looking women who would blow up and kill uh government officials <laughs> like they were sex dolls so they would little robots and then would walk around I want to have sex with you next thing you know kaboom ah oh, forget them forget the movie someone in the chat will know weaponizing women and children what is he loading them into a cannon how do you weaponize women and children see now now this this idiot mayor he thinks was it barbarella there you go barbarella this idiot mayor thinks that he's winning here this guy thinks that he's got one over he thinks he's really clever donald trump is weaponizing women and children to use against his political foes Wait, so are you saying that women and children, migrants from the south, immigrants, illegal immigrants, illegal aliens? Whoa, I'm an alien. I'm an illegal alien. Are you saying that these people are dangerous? Are you saying that you don't want women and children because they are quote unquote weapons? Weapons of mass distraction? Creating chaos? What chaos, women and children? Women and children being housed in your ample facilities up there at Hartford in Connecticut. You've got the emotion, you've got the empathy, you've got the love, you've got the care, you've got the tolerance, you have the progressive values to do what has to be done to take care of these women and children. God damn it. You can't wait for the women and children to arrive. You want to show them that there's a better America, not a Trump America, but a better America. Don't listen to that fascist in the White House. Don't listen to that orange man. Don't listen to that Nazi bastard. We are a sanctuary city. We are all welcoming. We are all tolerant. We are all giving. Our citizens understand the important contribution that migrants, legal or otherwise, have made to this amazing nation. Remember, America is a land of opportunity and a country of immigrants. We welcome our brothers and sisters from other mothers and fathers from the southern lands of the American. Wait, is that America down there? Where are they from again? China. India. How many coming from India? Really? That many? So they're not all Mexicans. How many, how many come from Honduras? What about, about Ecuador? Got any from Ecuador. Really? I don't know about Ecuador. Should we really be welcoming in the Chinese people? Don't they have their own country in China? Haven't they got their own thing going on over there? India? How many thousands? That's incredible. Why, Why would they go to Mexico first and then come in? Anyway. We welcome everybody from around the world with open arms because we're not afraid of brown people. We love the brown people. We love the yellow people. We love all the people. We just hate that guy in the White House. So come on in. Make your way to Hartford, Connecticut. Good old-fashioned blue dog, US of A. And we'll do what needs to be done to take care of you, your daughters and your sons. (laughs) Donald Trump is weaponizing women and children, ladies and gentlemen
2: that he can retaliate against his political retaliate.
1: opponents, it's
0: crazy. Uh, I'm Pete Dominic wants to get in here with a question in just a moment, but let me ask you just the, the, the basic question. That is, uh, if the government were to say to you, several thousand immigrants are headed your way to Hartford,
2: what's your response to that? How welcoming is Hartford of, of, yeah, uh, of yeah, a whole we lot of, of, of migrant detainees? Here we is. go. C- cities around the country, including Hartford, have welcomed refugees and asylum seekers right. for decade yep. after decade. You know that. So
1: what's the fucking problem then, pretty, pretty boy? What's the problem? What are we talking about here? We have welcomed refugees for decades here in Hartford. Here in Hartford, ladies and gentlemen, we have a proud history of welcoming immigrants and refugees from all quarters of the globe. Our hearts are as Big as the Grand Canyon. We can't get enough. We can't get enough of that refugee stuff. But on this particular occasion, because Donald Trump wants to send them in, no, no, they've been weaponized. This is a political weapon that Donald Trump is wielding against his opponents to create chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the pretty boy mayor from Hartford, Connecticut, doing his absolute best not to fall over himself and end up in a crumpled heap on the floor, swallowing his own tongue as he tries to process his own inane logic that came down from DNC HQ trying to invent a reason to be against the thing that they have been in favour of for many, many years. Isn't it fantastic? Alright. Let's get to the depressing shit.
3: It started with a plume of smoke but swiftly became an inferno, engulfing the most iconic Gothic cathedral in all of Europe. Within hours the flames took the cathedral's timber roof and sent its spire crashing to the ground.
2: This is a
0: national disaster. I'm very upset. This cathedral is 850 years old and to see the building fall to pieces, to see the spire fall down just as we were renovating it, all I could do is pray.
3: 400 firefighters fought the blaze. They climbed into the church towers to try to prevent its spread. But soon, authorities were preparing Paris for the worst, warning the cathedral had been devastated.
1: It is heartbreaking. And like I said in my um, opening, this, this punched me in the guts in a way that I didn't expect it to. For all the reasons that I laid out, for all the monumental markers in human history, West in this in this in this glorious experiment we call Western civilization, and you know what it it doesn't just what it doesn't just mean to Europe. What it means uh, the ripple effect that it has across the globe. And you know some idiots are going to lob in and say, "Oh, the Europeans and the colonials, blah 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 blah." But I ha- I have you know although I have no problem discussing bad things that people do in history, I do think that hell reserves a special room for those who want to bask in the comfort and the glory and the advancement of Western civilization whilst never actually bringing themselves to acknowledge it. So I have very little time for those people, but this this building is it's a it's it has it, it was it's more than a building i've i've been to paris it it's it's got a soul it's got a heartbeat you can you can i know it sounds you know new age but you can you can literally feel it you can feel this building and it, it courses through you and you don't even understand why. You don't even know why. Even people that don't even know anything about it, people who aren't even Christians, atheists, can walk through this thing and be overcome with all of it, like a sense of history, of purpose, of you know, profound, uh, a, a profound reason to perpetuate yourself through time. It all hits you all at once. It's quite extraordinary. And you know, like I said, ninety seconds in ninety minutes, boom, gone, erased, done. The reason that um, <clears throat> I don't want to engage too much in blame, but let me let me preface this right? because we're going to get to some stuff where people are blaming people, and then the media is doing their best. There's problems here. There's problems all around. Let's just hear a little bit of Macron first and then we'll get to the good stuff.
3: A terrible, drama. a terrible tragedy. It's our literature, our history, our wars, our liberation, the epicentre of our lives. Hundreds of Parisians flocked to the banks of the Seine. Incredible. Some weeping. Haunting. Some singing hymns. The 850-year-old cathedral had been undergoing a 150 million euro restoration. Now, it's feared...
1: Is it too soon to say it's an insurance job? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I can't be all doom and gloom. It's not in my character. 150 million euro in, you know, insurance job. Some, some dodgy shopkeeper trying to do the calculations, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to afford the payments on this renovation. I mean, we're talking about Macron here. We are talking about Macron. This guy knows finance. This guy knows insurance law. Just tell you you what, Emmanuel, tell you what, Mr. President, El Presidente, why don't you just turn a blind eye? Why don't you go out for a nice dinner on Monday night and we'll take care of everything. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It'll be fine just put in the paperwork, get yourself a good alibi, we'll
3: take care of the rest. It was those very renovations which might have sparked the blaze.
0: I could not imagine Notre Dame hit
1: by such a catastrophe. For me, it's France that's been touched. France is burning. Notre Dame stood for centuries. France has been burning for quite some time, my dear. That's the other thing. France has been burning for quite some time. Haven't you noticed? But again, this is, this is the special aura that uh, Notre Dame has. This is, this is the big one. This is the Super Bowl. People are saying um, churches have been attacked in France for a, a few years now. Yes, I know. And I've read, I've read all that stuff and I agree, of course. But this is the, this is the big one. This, this is taking down the big cheese. This is, this is going for the title right now of course just because a number of churches have been attacked in recent years doesn't necessarily mean that this one was attacked but it does lend itself to people questioning because of you know it's a pretty big coincidence in holy week as well the week of easter the biggest the biggest church in france People are asking questions and I don't want to say that it was attacked without any kind of information to back it up because who knows, it could have been a drunken Frenchman leaving a cigarette burning near, near a can of turpentine or something. You know, I said to someone earlier today who was saying, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a terror attack, it's a terror attack, it's a terror attack. I said, well, instead of hateful ethnic, how about instead of hateful ethnic person, maybe it was an uncredited ethnic electrician. <laughs> No 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 I did good job. I did good job. You check my work. You check my cousin. My cousin is a good reference. He tell you I do I do amazing work. This was not me. I was not even in the building. I tell you I do all the electrical work. I put uh, the sticky tape. I put the electrical tape over everything. Nothing could blow up. There's no problem. This is your problem. This is not my problem. I do not do this. <laughs> Can I see your accreditation sir? Wow, this is this is there's a problem with my accreditation. You see, it's in the mail. It will come in the mail eventually. But for now, you here. I give you my phone. Here, you you speak to my cousin. My cousin is good man. My cousin is good electrician. He tell you how good I am. He knows how good I am. He tell you I do big job. Big job all over France. Big job. And then when you turn around to grab the phone, poof, he's in the work truck and he's gone. He's out of there, never to be seen again. Maybe that could be the case, right? Who knows? Who's to say? But there are things that line up. And here's the other thing everything for me is on the table until it's not. You know, people like to talk about, you know, being open minded, but how many people are really open minded when it counts? How many people are really open minded when it counts? Everything is on the table until it's not on the table. And what I've witnessed in the last few days is a great deal of people, not last few days, last day, last 24 hours, I've seen a great number of people try to tell us what is absolutely not on the table. And that's, that's when my eye starts twitching. That's when I start, you know, getting a, a nervous twitch. I'm sorry, what? what? When people come around and say, We don't know anything. We don't have enough information. We can't make any assumptions. We can't say what is or what is not, but we can absolutely say that it was not this. And I think, I'm sorry, really? Really? We can do that? But I thought everything was on the table. I thought we haven't got all the information yet. We don't have all the information, but it was absolutely not a person with hate in their heart who wanted to inflict pain upon the Christian world and France simultaneously. That was absolutely not the case. That could never have happened. This is going to tie into a story that we've been covering for the last few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. The story of the attack on internet freedom worldwide. This is an ongoing saga. And I'm afraid the good guys are losing as it stands. Have a look at this article I've got for you here. Let me show you how all of these things, for for some reason, call me a conspiracy theorist, but for somebody who does an hour a day, four days a week covering these very stories and who's, I put all the links up. You can get all the links on my podcast page. You can listen to all of the stories I've touched on. Why does it, why does it just happen to be these stories that just keep coming around, right? How does that keep happening? I guess I must be some kind of weird, whacked-out conspiracy theorist. Social media platforms failed to counter Notre Dame fire conspiracies. Ladies and gentlemen, what have we been talking about? Remember, we were talking about the story about Alex Jones. Alex Jones is being sued. He's being threatened with bankruptcy for questioning a public event. After Christchurch, ladies and gentlemen, governments from New Zealand to Australia to the UK and other parts of the Western world came out and started changing the laws about live streaming. In particular, New Zealand and Australia. Australia has already passed a law. It took them five days to make it a criminal offence to live stream dangerous content. Five days. So if the owners of these platforms allow something to go through that shouldn't go through, they can be thrown in prison or find up to 10% of their annual income, which doesn't sound like a lot unless you're dealing in multi-billion dollar global corporations, then it's a lot. These companies don't just have 10% of their income to throw around, crippling fines. So you tie all these things in together, the arrest of Julian Assange, ladies and gentlemen, Social media platforms failed to counter Notre Dame fire conspiracies. Algorithms did not prevent the spread of misinformation about fire, say critics. The Notre Dame Cathedral fire presented social media companies with one of the first major tests of their nascent programs aimed at fighting misinformation in real time, and critics say they failed. As footage of the cathedral burning was uploaded to YouTube by major news providers, anti-misinformation algorithms launched by the video-sharing site last year kicked in. Unfortunately, the algorithms wrongly identified the videos as footage of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, apparently a result of a prominent plume of smoke common to both videos. As a result, multiple providers found their videos had been appended, with a link to an Encyclopedia Britannica article about the attacks. The feature is supposed to counter common conspiracy theories about subjects such as the moon landings and whether or not the Earth is flat. Ladies and gentlemen, how could it possibly be? Ernie Banks, thanks for joining us. Exactly. Exactly. Pravda Worldwide. How could it be that whilst the building was still on fire, whilst the the building was still burning, Whilst the crackling of the burning oak could still be heard by the Parisians nearby, how could it be that AI algorithms and social media companies were trying to crack down on what they call common conspiracy theories? How is it logically possible for a conspiracy theory to be common whilst the event is still fucking happening? Don't you find that a little alarming? don't you find that a little upsetting that whilst we're watching an event live on TV AI algorithms are already kicking in to nab quote unquote conspiracy theories how could there how there wasn't even an official line on the story yet there wasn't even an official narrative there wasn't an official story there is still no official report. So we don't know what really happened. We don't know how it started. We don't know who started it. We don't know, you know, how the embers turned into flames. We don't know the progression from nothing to something. We don't know which room burned first. We don't know which room burned last. We don't know what the accelerant was. We don't know what the fuel was. We don't know what the temperature was. We don't know who was in the building at the time. We know nothing. We know absolutely nothing officially. There has been no official record at all. But what we do know is what it wasn't. And we'll decide what it wasn't. And we'll call it a common conspiracy theory. And our AI algorithm will kick in and remove that content online. Just as soon as it goes up. Whilst the building now laying in smouldering ash is still warm enough to roast marshmallows over. We will do that. We don't know how it happened, why it happened, or who did it. But what we do know is, whatever you're saying must be wrong. Horrifying, isn't it? And then because some of these quote-unquote conspiracy theories when an official narrative has not yet been penned got through to the internet, the social media companies and YouTube are now being criticised for not taking them down quickly enough. How, d- how dare you let this theory get to there? Get to the internet. How how dare you? See, I, I, I like a, a conspiracy theory as much as the next person, but it doesn't make me a raving lunatic. And you know what? If I want the craziest conspiracy theories out there, why? Because it gives sane, rational people like myself most of the time, most of the time. I'm not always rational. <laughs> Get a few scotches into me. Mm. Ah, see how irrational I become. But no, honestly, it gives sane, rational people the opportunity. It gives us something to do. When crazy conspiracy theories are out there, it gives us the opportunity to educate and show like, why this is plainly false, why this is wrong. And oftentimes how we get to a better understanding of what is true and what is false is by having false hit truth at 100 miles an hour. And like, you know, like car crash victims hitting the front of a Mack truck doing 60 miles an hour, body parts get strewn across the highway and we can go around and pick up the body parts and say, okay, yes, somebody was actually here. Yes, I've got got an arm here. I've got this here. I've got this here. And we can piece it all together. And we can say, yes, there actually was human beings driving this car and the car drove into the front of the truck and there was a horrible accident and everyone died. If we're not allowed to have conspiracy theory hit truth head on, conspiracy theory then gets pushed to the underground and conspiracy theory then bubbles underneath like hot lava. Constantly exerting pressure on the crust, pressing, looking for weaknesses, Until one day, a whole village on the coast of Italy goes down. Just like that. Back to the article. YouTube apologised for the mistake, saying its systems, quote, sometimes make the wrong call. Other aspects perform better. A search for Notre Dame is automatically recognised as a search for a news event pushing videos from, quote, legitimate news agencies to the top of the results. Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember two years ago when people were told that it was a conspiracy theory that YouTube was putting CNN, MSNBC, ABC, Fox News to the top of search uh, engines and the top of search results when people punched certain terms into YouTube? Remember when you got told you were a conspiracy theorist for putting that forward? Ladies and gentlemen, they are now openly telling you that's exactly what they do regardless of views, regardless of popularity, regardless of votes, regardless of accuracy. pushing videos from legitimate news agencies to the top of the results. That's what this is all about. When you when you roll in Article 13, ladies and gentlemen, Article 13 applies copyright laws to it will make it unviable for small networks to exist. When, when people want to ban things like live streaming as they want to do in the UK, Australia and New Zealand, which will spread to the rest of the G20 countries, make no mistake about it. Because bureaucrats from one Western nation will get together and have little meetings with bureaucrats from other Western nations and then those, West, uh, those bureaucrats will then go back to their own countries and tell their elected officials what a great fucking idea it is to ban things. That's how these ideas spread like cancer in government. Pastor Tommy asked the correct question. Who is legit? They will decide who is legitimate. They will decide. Remember, this article is criticizing. This article from The Guardian is criticizing YouTube for not taking down conspiracy theories about Notre Dame when there is actually no official story yet because it happened too soon. Whilst the the building was still burning, people wanted arguments and theories about how the burning building came to burn in the first place taken off the internet before anybody has even started work on an official story. That should frighten the living hell out of you. And Tommy asks what what's what's an official what's a legit news organization? They decide what the legit news organization is. You see if, if massive fines and massive sanctions and, and criminal sentences can be imposed on companies who allow live streaming dangerous content then they're only going to allow this is why I say if you want if you only want CNN MSNBC ABC and Fox News and the rest if you only want these people be uh, allowed to live stream on the internet then vote in favor of internet regulation because that is exactly what you're going to get Internet regulation is all about entrenching established powers, declaring them to be legitimate and everyone else to be illegitimate and essentially pulling up the drawbridge on the information game. It's, it's more important than gamers, you know, losing income, which I'm not in favor of either. It's more important than me being able to do this. That's the real game entrenching the established powers force feeding you and if you don't believe me i'll i'll say to the I'll, I'll go back to the article one more time if you think that i'm making it up if you think it's a conspiracy theory which may get this video removed if we like to think of it as a conspiracy theory again youtube apologized for the mistake saying its systems quote sometimes make the wrong call other aspects asp- uh, pardon me aspects perform better A search for Notre Dame is automatically recognized as a search for a news event, quote, pushing videos from legitimate news agencies to the top of the results. Legitimate news agencies. (laughs) I.E. not you. Not you. On a totally unrelated topic, from Blueberg a couple of days ago, the US is losing a major front to China in the new Cold War. What is this you're talking about? This is before the church was burning. A swathe of the world is adopting China's vision for a tightly controlled internet over the unfettered American approach, a stunning ideological coup for Beijing that would have been unthinkable less than a decade ago. Do you want to hear it one more time? Do you want to hear it one more time? A swathe of the world is adopting China's vision for a tightly controlled internet over the unfettered American approach, a stunning ideological coup for Beijing that would have been unthinkable less than a decade ago. This was uh, less than 48 hours before the burning of Notre Dame, the cathedral, which was less than 72 hours before YouTube admitted that they attempted to take down quote-unquote conspiracy theories for an event that there is no official story for in existence as of yet vietnam and thailand are among the southeast asian nations warming to a governance model that twins sweeping content curbs with uncompromising data controls because it helps preserve the regime in power a growing number of the region's increasingly autocratic governments watched enviously the emergence of chinese corporate titans from Tencent Holdings to Alibaba Group in spite of draconian online curbs, and now they want the same. The more freewheeling Silicon Valley model once seemed unquestionably the best approach, with stars from Google to Facebook to vouch for its superiority, now a remoulding of the internet into a tightly controlled and scrubbed sphere in China's image is taking place from Russia to India. Yes, it's Southeast Asia and the economic and geopolitical linchpin to Chinese ambitions, and where the U.S.-Chinese tensions will come to a head. A region to more, home to more than half a billion people, whose internet economy is expected to triple to 240 billion dollars by 2025. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we've been talking about this topic over the last few weeks, and if you would, if you're interested in in this kind of thing, then please go back, uh, look for the Daily Boogie podcast. Go through previous episodes, the tragic aftermath of a tragedy um, caught in the net is another one. Internet regulation being pushed through, slammed through. being fought, <laughs> You're being raped with internet regulation violently right now. And we brought up the topic of China in this. In China it is illegal to live stream unless you go through 3 companies. And do you know how they made it illegal to live stream in China? What they did was impose crippling fines and sanctions on people that allow content to go through that isn't monitored. So they didn't come out and necessarily ban live streaming. What they did was made it make it illegal for live streaming to go to to go live without it first being monitored by somebody. Therefore, all but three companies who live stream were no longer able to live stream because they couldn't possibly have the staff or the technology to be able to monitor all of the live streams going at any particular time. So all of the live streaming then got funneled through three companies. Now, every single live stream that happens in China is monitored by a person and anything that may be questionable or perhaps inconvenient for the regime at the time is instantly gone disappeared, erased, burned to the ground like so many cathedrals. This is the world we're heading for unless we don't want to go that way. The crux of a Chinese internet model is data sovereignty. Information of citizens must be stored in-country and accessible on-demand to the authorities a concept enshrined in Chinese law since 2017. That's raising hackles in Washington, which aims to counter Beijing's sway. A longer-term struggle that may be the single most important episode in world affairs since the collapse of the Soviet Union, escalating tensions between the two richest economies will impact just about every country across the planet, economically and socially. And socially. Which way do you want to go? Which way are we going? I think it's pretty clear which way we're going because we're already halfway there. If you're honest about it. If you're really honest about it. One more, ladies and gentlemen, to end us on. I try to end on a high note. Man attempts heartless jibe at Notre Dame fire, but makes very awkward mistake. This morning, people all over the world are still struggling to come to terms with the devastation a huge blaze has caused to one of France's most beloved buildings. Notre Dame was engulfed by flames on Monday, April 15, and the 850-year-old cathedral's spire and roof collapsed as a result. Many significant religious relics and artefacts were also lost in the fire. And as many mourn the loss of history, there are there are of course some who have attempted to mock the tragedy by sharing heartless comments on social media in response. And may I just add to that something that I have absolutely no problem with whatsoever. You want to mock, you want to share heartless comments, you are absolutely free to do so. I see Gary in the chat. Gary's a good, he's a good militant Protestant who hates, hates the, Jes- the Jesuits. A Fenian fox. Your Finian fucks on your cunt. Your fucking So a, I don't, I don't. I like Gary's antics. Gary's antics are a welcome addition to the chat room, as far as I'm concerned. You, you, you must block him at your own will, because I cannot bring myself to block Gary. <laughs> so, I have no problem with people mocking, making heartless comments on social media. What I do have a problem with, though, is when people say things on social media like, you need to learn your history and then proceed to mock and insult you. You know, anybody who hasn't learned their history wouldn't say something like that. And that's why I found this story particularly delicious. One man attempted to do just this on Twitter, but ended up making a rather awkward mistake. He began by sharing a quote from The Guardian, which read, at a moment like this, how foolish it seems to pretend that we are all not that we are not all Europeans. We stand with France in its hour of heartbreak. What the hell does that mean? We are not all Europeans. I would suggest the two plus million uh, migrants from North Africa and surrounding areas would probably take some kind of issue to being labelled a European and therefore an infidel. <laughs> but I digress. But onto this, he added his opposing view: "Quote." I stand with the millions who suffered horribly in French colonies and whose wealth was stolen to build this monstrosity. (laughs) Why blank out his name? Put it up there. Come on. If this was a neo-Nazi or, dare I say it, a bigot, uh, do you think his name would be blanked out, ladies and gentlemen? Just a question. Just throwing that out there. Over 140 people have responded to this tweet so far, pointing out a glaring error. There were no French colonies during the period in which the cathedral was constructed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I I was talking about the colonies that happened after for the the cathedral that happened before because they took out a loan, you see. They took out a big loan and then they went and invaded a whole bunch of places and made colonies so they could pay for the cathedral that they already built like 300 years ago, but they hadn't paid off the debt because they're French and they're lazy, you see. And so it was, fuck colonialism. That's what I'm getting at, man. Fuck colonialism, right, bro? One person replied, I don't think France had much in the way of colonies in 1163 to 1245. France had colonies in the 12th and 13th century? Don't think so, said a second. A third wrote, "Um, this cathedral was started long before the era, the era of colonialism. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to a righteous, intelligent... Twitter person, they the Twitter knows best. Longjong44 said on Twitter that this this is good that this this ghastly monstrosity burned down because finally, finally, the impoverished, enslaved peoples of the world can have justice against their colonial oppressors. Honeybee33 said maybe France should have thought about this when they created the French Foreign Legion. Twitter knows best in these instances. People sing hy- hymns and say prayers as Notre, uh, Notre Dame Cathedral burns. Other uh, users accuse the man of trying and failing to be woke. <laughs> Imagine failing to be woke. How horrible. What a horrible thought. I tried to be woke, but I wasn't woke enough. Someone posted on Twitter, trying to appear woke, but lacking any knowledge of history. God bless Twitter. A different user joked, what's the opposite of woke? Is it awoke? Is it sleeped? This, it's this tweet. Anyway, nice try, mate. That's the best one. Nice try, mate. Nice try. B- nice try, Cobber. Better luck next time, eh? Next time you want, make an asinine comment on Twitter. At least get your fucking facts right, Dodger. I'm going to get a video to play or what? Doesn't look like it, does it? Singing hymns in the shadow of the once mighty Notre Dame Cathedral, as the smouldering ashes lay on the floor, as a metaphor for modern Western civilization. Time to get on the time to get on the iPhone and take a selfie. They're tweeting out, just checking out the cathedral. Wish you were here. It's hot, so hot right now. <laughs> Maybe they were looking up the lyrics to the hymns. I I don't want to be the only person here not singing. That would be awkward. That would be very awkward. Have you been abducted? (laughs) That's a random question, Celeste. (laughs) Uh, Possibly, but I was drugged when it happened, so I don't really care. I woke up up with wet pants. Ah, How bad could it have been? One more. From Original Rev, tagged me in this the other day. The other day. Yesterday. Uh, Shepherd Smith, ladies and gentlemen. We had churches
2: desecrated each and every week in France. All over our friends. So, of course, you will hear the story about the, the politically correct, uh, political
0: correctness, which will tell you that it's probably an accident. Sir, but sir, sir. I, we're not going to speculate think- here of the cause of something which we don't know, if you have observation, if you have observations, or you know something, we would love to hear
1: it. He was just trying to tell you what he knows, shit, yeah, You fucking idiot. No, I'm
0: just telling you something. But
2: we need to be ready.
0: No, sir. We're not doing that here. Not now. Okay. Not on my watch. Okay. Felipe Carcente, okay. it's
1: very good of you to be here. Uh... Wow. Not on my watch not on my not on my watch remember remember ladies and gentlemen social media platform platforms failed to counter Notre Dame conspiracy fire conspiracies Shepard Smith should get a job at YouTube before an before an official story has even been penned before before the investigators can put on their coat and tie and pick up their clipboard and head out to ground zero before any of that has even taken place, before anybody dared look at a calculator, before anybody, before any investigator even dared take out their magnifying glass and expect, inspect the embers, before any of that, we have already been told that certain, certain information constitutes a dangerous conspiracy theory and must be stricken from the record before the record even exists. Shepard Smith, future CEO of YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, I suspect. Good luck to him. The world needs more people who are willing to deny anything (laughs) at the drop of a hat. (laughs) With that, guys, thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to look over my burning embers, you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. Till next time, guys. Ki vivra vera. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.